0: Hello friends, welcome to episode 1476 of the Lot on Hawks Podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday. And today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash on MBA. And when you enter the promo code Loth on MBA, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. And I also want to tell you at the top of the podcast to please, please, please make us your first listen each and every day and subscribe across podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc. And today's podcast is sort of a special edition. I am joined by Howard Beck. Howard's covered the NBA for decades at this point. He's a locked on NBA podcast insider for the playoffs and the offseason. And uh, generally knows a lot of things about the NBA and covers the sport at a very, very high level. We talk about the Hawks and kind of where they stand at this point in time. Quinn Snyder, Trae Young, etc. And it's a fun conversation. So with no further delay, you'll have the intro. I'll be back with myself and Howard Beck. You are locked on Hawks. Your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm joined now by National NBA Insider. Is that the best way to describe you, Howard Beck?
1: However, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, insider uh old dude who's covered the league for a long time <laughs> whatever you know all, all those things work
0: i appreciate you doing this and i know you've made a lots of uh, rounds around the lot time podcast network and we'll plug all that stuff as well but We'll dive right in. I mean, normally, as I'm sure you've experienced, these these shows are pretty geared to diehards of the of the specific teams, and we go into a lot of depth. But I, but I do I do try to mix in kind of the big picture as well sometimes. And I want to start by kind of asking you what the perception is for you, and also what maybe the national perception is around the Hawks right now after kind of a weird
1: season. Yeah, listen, it's it's probably not much different of a perception than Hawks fans have, which is. Uh, man, this team seems like it should be a lot better than it is. <laughs> yes, agreed. <laughs> and, and that's been the case the last couple of years. Um, it's, a, it's a really tough thing. And, and it's interesting to watch the parallels, actually, between the Hawks and the team they beat in the playoffs a couple years ago, the one in my backyard, the Knicks, because neither of them were expected to have uh, gone as far as they did. In that postseason, obviously the Hawks uh, a little bit further than the Knicks, but neither of them were expected to be uh, teams that were ready to make the breakthrough to the extent that they did. And it set a bar almost too high. So the Knicks regressed and missed the playoffs a year ago. They finally get back in this year. Now everything seems fine again. The Hawks regressed and seemed like they just haven't quite recovered. And of course they made a, uh, you know, a major, you know, trade, a a gamble of, of sorts in the meantime, by Acquiring DeJounte Murray, then they make a coaching change in the middle of this season. Um, and yet the result is still the same. It's all right, maybe they overachieved with that playoff run a couple of years ago. They, they were, you know, are they ahead of schedule or did they just have everything break their way? Right? Kind of like the Mavericks last year, too. Right? Like, I didn't buy the Mavericks really as a Western Conference finals team, but they made it. Um, did, did that for the same, but it's the same uh effect, it, it raises the bar too high too soon. Now it's well the next thing should be either making conference finals at minimum again or making the finals. The Hawks weren't ready yet. And they they overachieved in a weird season with no fans in the building a couple of years back. Um, and that said, the talent is there. And every year, every offseason, we do the same exercise. You assess all these teams. You look at their talent on paper. And you go, yeah, this team looks like it, it should be, uh, you know, wherever. Top four in, in the East. Um, middle of the East somewhere. And the Hawks just I, – I, I, it's, it's, it's just a baffling phenomenon <laughs> that they have been lesser than the sum of their parts. And, and if I look at a team that has talent historically in this league, that has the kind of top-line talent and depth, for that matter, that to me projects as, you know, whatever, top five, top six, wherever you want to put them. We don't, we don't even have to say that they're up there with Boston, Milwaukee, Philly. But they, they should be somewhere in that mix. Like on paper, are they really that much behind or should they even be behind, say, the Cavs and Knicks who were the, the fourth and fifth seeds? If if that's the case, if our perception of their talent does not match up with the results, then either we've overestimated the talent, I don't think that's the case, or there's something else wrong. <laughs> um <laughs> And, and often that is like, if you're not better than some of your parts, the almost by definition, there's a chemistry issue that the parts just don't fit. And so the onus for the front office um, and, and it's, you know, look, it's an, it's an evolving and now younger front office. And it's a a new head coach with a lot of juice. Um, That brain trust now has to, to kind of sort that out. All right. They probably feel the same thing. we look at this, this roster, we think it should be better than a 500 team in a, in a first or in a, um, you know, either a, either a play in team or a first round playoff out, we should, we think we should be better than this. Um, so what do we got to sort out? So that to me is, is the agenda for the summer for the Hawks. Uh, you asked about your overall impressions. I mean, that's, that's the, the top line, you know, the rest of it, I think is just kind of, I think the league in general has had an eye on the Hawks because, There's the perpetual perennial John Collins trade discussions, and people are are kind of waiting for that shoe to drop. There's the curiosity about whether they are truly sold on Trey Young. Long-term, that conversation, depending on who you're talking to, might feel a little premature or just kind of a put a pin in it and we're going to keep an eye on it. Um, And I think there's a lot of curiosity about what this Hawks team looks like, not just in terms of personnel, but what a full training camp with Quinn Snyder And time for him to implement all his stuff looks like. So that's that, those are the broad strokes for me. Yeah, there's a lot to
0: hit on, but um, before we get into some future, because lots of future stuff, of course, there's been a talking point I think locally, and I've made it probably to about you know how they played in the in the postseason. It's a small sample size, but I mean, w- what do you think about you know the concept of basically having kind of a proof of concept with how they played against you know Miami in a one game sample size that they won, but also against Boston, like kind of pushing them, and maybe some of that was Boston. But uh, what do you make of that as kind of like okay, maybe this is what this actually should look like a little bit more?
1: Yeah, and then you know, look, they were never. <sighs> I, I admire the feistiness yeah. in the Boston <laughs> series, but it's not like they were really in the Boston series, right? Like there were moments there, you know, we're all looking at it through the prism of the Celtics because the Celtics had the most talent, not just in that series, but the most talent of any playoff team this season, I think. And so it was more about like, what are the Celtics doing? And we're seeing it again and again, right? We just yes. literally saw it again last night. Um, They, they just, there's one of these teams and I, and I've seen them in the past and, and I, 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 cut my teeth as an NBA beat writer on a team like this a team that um didn't know how to handle prosperity that was the Shaq and kobe lakers where they were constantly except for one postseason, where they just mowed everybody but they were constantly screwing around and losing games they shouldn't lose against teams that they had much better talent than and the celtics feel that way and so i, I want to give the, the hawks credit for finding a little bit more of an identity perhaps um finding a little bit more fight uh you know Starting to to show some signs of what they what they could be by winning that play in game by pushing the Celtics to six games, but I, I still feel at my at my gut that that was more about the Celtics, a much more talented and and potent team, just not knowing how to handle prosperity, and they keep doing this. Um, that said, I you know I was, I was I was rereading some of the coverage right in the wake of the Hawks losing to the Celtics, and I think you know what really stands out is that. You, know, you and i could talk about hey proof of concept or is this something to build off of and it? it will matter not at all if the hawks themselves don't believe it and i think what struck me was just the way that they themselves did look at it it's not just some some you know media cliche that we could superimpose but they themselves felt like you know what we're starting something starting to to come into focus here and including trey young's comments about quinn snyder and, and how um, enthusiastically, he seemed to express his belief in Quinn in a way that mm, maybe we didn't hear Trey talk about his first <laughs> two NBA coaches. Yep. Um, that that might matter a bit. Um, and you know, I, I don't. By the way. To me, that's a reflection on Trey and not those coaches. Like, Nate McMillan's a great coach, and I think uh, Lloyd Pierce, while it was his first NBA head coaching job, Lloyd's got a very bright future ahead of him in this league and obviously is is still an assistant coach in this league. So I don't think it was a reflection on them as much as Trey needing to. And this is not unique to him. A lot of young players, especially a lot of young players who are offensive superstars, especially guys with the ball in their hands and have a lot of responsibility that goes with that. It takes a while for them to figure certain things out, and it takes a while for them to find a coach or or to – to maybe just mature or evolve to the point where they accept coaching in a way that maybe they're not ready to when they're a 19-year-old rookie or a 20-year-old rookie. Um, But I thought that coming out of of, of that first-round loss to the Celtics and having shown some fight and pushing the Celtics to six games, whether that's the Celtics messing up or whether it's the Hawks pushing them, whether it's a combination of the two, if the Hawks come out of that feeling like we are starting to figure something out here, It's hard to say that momentum carries from April to October, but I I think there's, there's probably something to it. There are some foundational blocks there
0: today's show is brought to you by bird dogs bird dogs is fantastic bringing fit comfort and versatility to the table with their products across the board i feel fantastic wearing bird dogs and the stretchy fabric in their shorts gives me a ton of comfort with the ability to wear the same shorts in different situations without having to worry really at all i'm not someone who wants to stress too much about what i'm wearing on a daily basis and i also want what i'm wearing to actually make sense and feel good on me bird dog definitely make sure to check all of those boxes for me each and every time i'm not a dad but i also hear people in my life and they're perfect pants for dads as well so if you're into that sort of thing it makes perfect sense so with that said, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. When you get there, enter the promo code locked on NBA at checkout. When you do that, you'll have a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. One more time, check out birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. We talk about Quinn Snyder. It's obviously he's the he's the big domino that changed in season going into next year and the Hawks moved quickly. And I don't think anybody criticized them for doing that. But um, you know, it starts to look like it's even a better decision. I love the higher one that happened, to be candid. But now that the, you know, a quarter of the league or something like that has turned over, does it even look better that they did that they kind of moved quickly and didn't have to worry about Phoenix and Milwaukee battling with Quinn Snyder?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, um, if Quinn had made it to uh, to this stage of the year without having been hired. I mean, listen, if the Hawks had not fired Nate McMillan and hired Quinn Snyder when they had, they probably would have hired Quinn by now anyway. Probably right. Like their their season still would have ended before everybody else. I'm trying to think like nobody else is actually aside from Ime Udoka, who was also obviously a, a hot commodity. If, if certainly one with some asterisks because of the way things ended in Boston, um, you know, Ime and Quinn would have been the two, uh, big uh big fish in the, in the coaching pool but then again we just saw a bunch of championship caliber coaches including guys with actual championships and you know buttonholzer nick nurse like all these other guys got canned and Monty williams got canned so suddenly there's a wealth of high level coaching talent accomplished coaches uh, on the market I, i'm not saying that it, that the hawks were uh wrong to hire quinn when they did and they probably did themselves a favor by making sure that they had secured him before Like, listen, he could have, we could have got to the off season. They could have lost a couple weeks ago and then immediately pivoted to Quinn and Quinn might've said, you know what, hold on. I want to see what's going on in Milwaukee first because Milwaukee to shock of everybody went down around the same time. Right. Um, so yeah, they could have faced more competition. They also could have had, um, more high level options, right? Maybe they would have liked to talk to, uh, I'm, they're probably not bringing Bud back, but um, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but Nick Nurse, um, Monty Williams, uh, maybe they would have liked to chase Ime. So they they closed off other avenues, but they also got one of the best coaches in the league. So I don't think there's anything really to to second guess there. To be honest, uh, it was it was probably the right move. At the right time, albeit a very unusual one. Uh, Most teams are content to go right out the season with an interim if they fire a guy. And then sometimes they take the interim tag off and give that guy the full-time job like we saw with uh, Jacques Vaughn in Brooklyn. Uh, But I think this is one of those rare, it's a rare case period, right? Like I just, I don't see this happen very often, Uh, but it feels like they made the right move. Yeah, I tried to do some research on it when it
0: happened just to see like this never happens. Like a guy that is as accomplished as he was coming in midseason, just a very odd circumstance. And I think they all they all acknowledged it, too, including Quinn. He's like, this is a little bit weird. We all kind of know that. Um, yeah. You know, taking a step out of that, though, did you like the hire? What, what do you think of the way that he might match with this roster with Trey? And I think I you think should try praising him. And I noticed that, too. But what do you make of the whole uh, the whole sort of combination there?
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, look, I don't I don't know. Uh, Quinwell and I didn't spend a lot of time around that team um, while he was in in Utah but you know uh, you know the the reputation speaks for itself his his uh, the esteem his his peers have around the league uh, speaks for itself Um, the track record in Utah was 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 fantastic obviously Um, and you know maybe there are some parallels too where you know, Donovan Mitchell, like Trey Young, you know, uh, different kinds of players, but, you know, ball-dominant point guards who, or ball-dominant guards, let's just say, who are going to score a lot, but all these also then have to to learn to be great playmakers. Um, Trey Young's obviously, I think, a much more skilled and intuitive passer than Donovan Mitchell, and so maybe there was more of a learning curve in the NBA for for Donovan to to figure out that balance, but Trey's still trying to figure out that balance, and Quinn is a very meticulous coach. So I think the fact that Quinn... uh, was able to build that that trust and rapport with Donovan in in Salt Lake, um, is a good template for you know what to expect or what he might be able to do with Trey. And again, as we've talked about Trey's uh, really positive, enthusiastic uh, endorsement of him uh, bodes well in that regard. Um, Quinn Snyder is known for, like I say, he's, he's meticulous. Um, his practices are very detail oriented. He will stop things a lot in order to get things right um, and it, and it's and it, it, from what I'm told it's down to like really minute details about timing and angles and everything. And so you know with the wrong group that could wear on you um, and you might lose them. but I, I, I also think that if, it's, if this is a group, starting with Trey, but everybody, if they're really ready for that kind of coaching to say, look, you know, (laughs) Hey, uh, maybe, uh, you know, all these folks talking about us as underachievers, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we agree with that too. How do we, how do we snap out of that? Well, maybe we should buy into this coach. And I think, you know, that's the thing, you know, um, it's not that Nate didn't have a track record. Nate McMillan didn't have a track record of success. He certainly did. And he got a bunch of those Pacers teams to outright overachieve during his time there. Um, but maybe with what they just saw with Quinn um, guiding those Donovan Mitchell Rudy Gobert teams deep, deep in the playoffs uh, a couple of times maybe there's going to be more buy-in from day one it's hard to, it's hard to know right um, but Quinn is definitely going to so as I understand it the way that, that uh, you know scouts who are closer to this or watch the Hawks at a more detailed level have, have conveyed this to me they expect that Quinn's system, which has got a lot more complexity to it, will be in full bloom next season, but that it was clear that he had stripped it down when he got to Atlanta. Like he was not trying to force things too quickly and give them too much too soon. Um, And so I, I think, you know, as, as we're all sitting here curious about what they might look like in the fall and the personnel is going to be the first part of that, right? They have some decisions to make this offseason, I think, but how they play, in October will be really interesting to see because whatever they were doing, you know, in in their their first run of twenty something games with with Quinn is going to look different, I think, than what we're going to see in the fall once he's had a chance to really implement his playbook.
0: Yeah, I mean, to back you up, I think that guys were pretty. Um effusive and kind of noticing that he was putting certain things in. And I think DeJounte and Trey in particular were even with the media saying like they were impressed by like the way that he came in immediately and was pointing out stuff that they had never really heard before, not in a bad mm. way, but just kind of he was very observant and kind of that, that that speaks to that. I do want to ask about the other kind of maybe role for Quinn Snyder. And that is, you know, there's been a little bit of rumbling that he um, is going to probably have some personnel juice in a way that, you know, Nate and Lloyd did not have, but he doesn't have a title that was uh, notable when he was hired. Um, but you have this first time front office with Landry Fields and Kyle Corver, and of course, Kyle played for Quinn in Atlanta. How do you at least from what you can hear or glean this Quinn is what kind of voice is he gonna have in that front office? Because it's kind of an interesting setup where he's he's the big fish, so to speak, but not necessarily in the in the in the traditional title of GM or whatever, but obviously he's gonna be in the room. So what do you what do you think of
1: that setup? Yeah. I know they're very sensitive to this there. Um uh-huh. there's been some, some, <laughs> some very... There's been some, I think, very good, aggressive and by all by all accounts, accurate reporting about, you know, the, the kind of muddled power structure there. And, you know, that aspects of that may have led to Travis Schlenk being pushed out in the first place. Right. So they need to sort that out, um, whether it's, you know, uh, the owner, the owner's son, you know, Landry Fields, Kyle Corver, Quinn Snyder, any other voices that are still floating around. Um they do need to figure that out. Uh, there's it's, it's funny. So the, the positive version, the constructive version of the too many voices would be the, Hey, remember when Jerry West was with the warriors early on in their, you know, in the, we believe or not the we believe, excuse me, the straight, the numbers years, mixing <laughs> up my warrior, my warrior slogan era uh, associations. Um, there was this idea of like, have a lot of people at the table who are all smart people. And then Bob Myers can take it all in, filter it and, 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 you know he's still the ultimate decision maker but you've got some other potent creative respected voices in the room with a lot of experience. And so the the positive version of that is where you just get a lot of people in there and you you battle this stuff around. Everybody's got a voice. Coaching staffs will sometimes work this way too. It's not some top down thing. And that could be there's a really constructive version of that. Then there's the dysfunctional version of that, and I've seen that over the years in in the league as well where there's either just not a a clear decision maker or the person who's making or the, the or the guy who has the the highest title it doesn't have the personality or it's is kind of a, a weaker leader. Um, or you've got people who are gunning for that jo- job. <laughs> um, it, like it, and I'm not suggesting any of those things are true with the Hawks, but I will say that the perception of them for the last year or so has been that it has been more of the muddled version leaning toward dysfunction than mm-hmm. it has been the, Hey, we've just got, you know, uh, you know, the team of rivals or something. Um, it, and so that, you know, Landry is, is young, um, Landry's young enough that I remember covering him, uh, when he was with the Knicks and, he, yeah. and Jer- Jeremy Lynn was sleeping on his couch. Um, or maybe that's just a reflection of how old I am, but, or how quickly time flies. Um, so this is Landry's first ch- chance to, to be, you know, in that seat. Um, and you know, between him and Corver, I think, I think Quinn Snyder by definition, just by the experience he has uh, by the, I think, I think he had a pretty strong voice in Utah as well. Um, yeah, he doesn't need the, a title. It, I don't think that part of it matters. I think, and you know, look, I don't know what conversations were on his way in. I would imagine that he probably asked for, if if not by definition or in contract, but he, I, I would imagine he had some, some requests about, listen, I'm going to want to have a, a serious voice in, in personnel. I'd be shocked if he didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially with a younger front office they should be leaning on him some and they should ultimately make the decisions. And you do need uh, a, a, a hierarchy that, that makes sense and that's consistent, but yeah, I would expect Quinn Snyder is going to have some, some serious say in personnel and, and maybe on day one, it won't be, it's more going to be more just the, what, what every coach does, which is evaluate what they've got having been in the locker room and having been through practices and everything. And you go back to the front office in the off season and you say, listen, here's why I think these guys fit and these guys don't, or here's why we need a slight upgrade here. Whatever the impressions that you're getting at the coaching level are going to be a little different. you're going to convey all that to your front office. The difference is in some places you then c- can tell the front office, this guy's going not, not, I think he has to go. Not my opinion is he doesn't fit. It's just, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I, because as you note, Quinn did not, uh, was not given, um, Another title that, that that tied him to the front office. Also, maybe it's not at that level, but I, again, I'd be shocked if he didn't have an understanding on his way in with them that you know I'm I'm going to need to be able to to um, you know push a few buttons here. Today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every single
0: player is a perfect fit for your roster. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part has to fit just right for you. The next time you're looking for parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. eBay is guaranteed fit. You can be sure that every single part that you need fits perfectly and does so the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage, look for the green check to know that that part will be fitting or your money will be coming back to you. Just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when it comes to shopping at eBay Motors. They have over 122 million parts to choose from. You'll be back in the game in no time with eBay Motors. After all, it's easier to bring home a win when the right parts are actually guaranteed for you. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. One more time, that is ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think I'm contractually obligated to ask about Trey Young since you brought it up earlier. <laughs> uh, of course, that's that's the national topic yeah. du jour with regard to the Hawks, other than front office, maybe, um, and kind of what his status is. There was a little bit of, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not even sure it was reporting buzz or whatever that he could be, you know, on the on the block at some point soon. Uh, he was pretty upbeat at the end of the season. There's no indication that he's going to be asking out or anything like that. So uh, I'll just leave it broad. W- what do you think of uh, of Trey's status as you know, obviously the number one guy in the organization, but uh, future, short term, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, um look, I'm I'm you know, we all we all love to sit around especially in the in the dog days of of the season in like January, February and speculate on where things are headed. And I remember having conversations with people around the league about like is are we starting to reach the point where they're going to have to like cuz I think this was right before Nate got fired um and then maybe certainly after he got fired where it was the if you're a young star and your third head coach in a short span, when do you start to think about as an organization, maybe it's not the coaches. Maybe it's our star player when, you know, and so like, I, I think those, those kinds of conversations speculatively happen around the league, right? Where people are keeping mm-hmm. on it, like, how long are they going to hang on to him? How long, how many chances is he going to get? How many coaches are going to get fired? Um, how many different uh, teammates are they going to cycle through? Um, even the DeJounte Murray thing, right? You get DeJounte Murray, presumably so that you can take uh some of the defensive pressures off of Trey because Trey's not going to play defense. Um, So DeJounte. Okay. Now we've got a defender in the backcourt. He's got some length. He can play on or off the ball. Trey can play a little more off the ball, blah, blah, blah. You can do all these different things. And and it, and it seems like, uh, you know, at a glance, something that helps strengthen you. I got to admit that somewhere in the midst of the season, when we're having all these other conversations about the Hawks underachieving, I started to think maybe, maybe DeJounte is also their fallback. That you know you could trade Trey and you'd have DeJounte to run the offense? I don't know. It, it, it's stray thoughts that that you bounce off of people around the league. And I didn't get necessarily a lot of pushback. People just kind of said, yeah, you know, that, that's a direction they could go. As of the last couple of weeks, the impression I get from people is that nobody expects that they're going to be doing that anytime soon, right? Like, this is not the moment. You, you just hired Quinn a few months ago. You're going to give him and Trey a chance to to do something um, to, to, to make some progress here. You know, if, if Quinn Snyder has the same ends up with the same frustrations with this roster and with Trey in particular that his predecessors had. Yeah. Eventually you, you come to a decision as a franchise where you have to entertain that. They're never going to say that publicly because he's the face of the franchise. He's, he's fun to watch. He's a great personality. Like I, 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 look, I, I, I wouldn't give up on him either until I absolutely felt like I had to. Um, so I don't, the people I've talked to recently don't think that they're in any position or or, or that they're ready to to entertain moving off of Trey. So I don't think that's happening. Um, at a minimum, you probably want to get off to a good start, have Trey get off to a good start and everything else. Even if you thought you wanted to trade him, you probably want to like kind of, you know, pump his, his value back up again by showing some success there. Um, all that said, you know, Quinn Snyder doesn't like have doesn't like the the, the ball to stick. Most coaches don't, frankly, <laughs> but some will make a bigger deal out of it than others. Um, and you know the way it was described to me or assessed to me by by uh, you know uh, one scout was you know like Trey is Trey is not exactly the ideal of a Quinn Snyder point guard. So okay, fine. That like that that maybe not a fit on day one. The question is still about. Um, Trey evolving and Trey and Quinn Snyder meeting each other somewhere halfway. Um, and and so that's the thing that everybody, everybody I think will have an eye on when next season opens.
0: That all makes sense. And I'll get you out of here on this one. But I, I, I mean, it's kind of going not necessarily with Trey, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the roster and how much how many changes they want to make if they want to kind of tweak or maybe overhaul and maybe maybe Quinn's the major upgrade and to kind of you know lean on that to say, look, we know we're, we weren't great this year, but maybe Quinn's our X factor for next year. What do you hear? I mean, you mentioned Collins before. That's the one that everybody talks about all the time. Is that still the most likely domino yeah. to fall? Like, what, what have you heard personnel wise? Uh,
1: I think I said this somewhere a, a few months back, but like it, it might have been on, on Zach Lowe's pod. But like, is as, as John Collins, does he have the the all all time record now or maybe the modern day record for most consecutive years on the trade block without being <laughs> traded? He might. Um, it's, it's up there. <laughs> it, I, I don't even know who the challenger would be to that, um, but it, it feels like it um which is separate from the uh will the the Wizards ever trade Bradley Beal or will the the Blazers ever trade Port- trade Dame Lillard like that that's that's a different category the the question of moving off of star player who uh, no longer has you know doesn't have enough juice around him blah 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 doesn't have enough talent around him different one um John Collins um i you, you hate to be the one to say like well this time for sure um but it like listen the new front office new head coach Uh, And clearly some pressures to figure this thing out. Um, And and I think the only way they're going to move forward is to start to to change out some of these pieces. But also they have some serious tax issues looming besides. And a lot of guys Mm -hmm. on big contracts. So it feels like to me the most likely thing uh, is John Collins, right? Like we're going to come right back to that. Eventually the John Collins trade rumors are going to become a John Collins trade. (laughs) Um, If I had to guess... It's this off season, but um, we've been wrong so many times before. This. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm with
0: you. I've, I've kind of framed it like you know, is it more likely than not? Probably. Is it 100% likely? I, d- I don't think so. you can't say it because we've gotten there before several times. It's kind of the same thing you just said. It's uh, it's never ending at this point. He's the only yes. one either. I mean, you talked about the tax issues. They have several big contracts that they could look to move, not necessarily trade, but
1: yeah. And 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 look like if if they. If they have concluded, so the, we should just note this real quick. The trade DeJounte thing didn't quite work out. Um, now, did it not work out as well as it could have? Is there still a better version of this? I, I, I don't know. Um, but if the Hawks have any uh, questions in their own mind about whether that was the right gamble and whether it does have promise and DeJounte in the final year of his deal, you know, if it didn't work out look sunk cost right you 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 traded the picks in the swap like there's no going back on it but the worst case scenario is that then he leaves as a free agent next year and you get nothing and you're still out all that stuff if you traded him would you be able to get back the equivalent of the stuff you sent out i don't know um haven't haven't gone down that road uh myself or haven't haven't pulled that around the league but I do think that that is among the other things that they have to kind of confront is like, all right, the, the clock is ticking. And, you know, there's, as I understand it, having read some of Bobby Marx's stuff on this, there's really not incentive for DeJounte to sign the extension now because of, of what he could get as a free agent. All right. So y- the clock is ticking and, yeah. and there, there, there is risk involved there. If you don't think he's going to want to resign um, or if you don't think you want to go to the to the max or whatever, he may ask to resign him. So that's another one to keep an eye on. Absolutely. And the uh, the lack of an extension definitely makes things complicated. And there's nothing there's no
0: fault with anybody's on that Hawks or DeJounte. It's just they, they can't get there legally. So it's one of those numbers like Jalen Brown before yeah. the All-NBA all thing. Anyway, yeah. uh, I've taken up a lot of your time. I appreciate you doing this. Uh, please plug whatever you have going on. I know you're uh, busy on locked on things and <laughs> writing things and uh, where can people find your work?
1: Uh, I'm on, uh, I feel like all the locked on shows, but I think locked on, <laughs> there's like locked on hockey and baseball and other stuff too. I'm not on yes. those shows. Uh, there, there's thankfully a, some limit to my overexposure at this point, but I am, uh, bouncing around all of the other locked on NBA shows. Um, writing for the moment for GQ sports. So you can find my stuff at GQ.com. I also have uh, an authory page that's author with a Y on the end. So authory.com. Backslash Howard Beck, and everything that I write, all my GQ stuff, all my previous Sports Illustrated, New York Times, Bleach Report, everything is all there. So appreciate people going and uh, checking that out as well. Definitely should be doing that. And thank you again, Howard, for doing
0: this. Please subscribe to this podcast. Follow Howard around the entire network as he makes his rounds. And uh, we'll see everybody next time.